Hello again, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Animation Fascination. I'm Mark Everett, and we, we lost Matt Quest again. He's he's somewhere out there in the mist. But uh, this this week again, I have joining me our head writer for the site, Mr. Stanford Clark. Hi, everyone. Uh, and then a little bit later in the show, we're going to be having uh, the women of the podcast Media Fondue on Courtney Williams and Jenny Pereira. So stay tuned for that. This podcast focuses on the world of animation. Each episode, we feature an animated series or film from the past or present. Whether it's traditionally hand-drawn, computer-generated, or stop-motion, if it's animated, it's up for discussion. So with that, we'll be back in a few seconds with our new releases for the week. This week we there's there's a ton of Blu-rays to talk about uh, a few a few st- things that came out in theaters too. I don't know if uh, if you got a chance to, to see some of these Sanford, but uh, the first one I got I got it a little late from Warner Brothers, so that's why I'm just talking about it now. Came out on the sixth. It's Tom and Jerry's Giant Adventure, which is uh, Tom and Jerry's version of Jack and the Beanstalk. And uh, it's got the highlights for it for me was that it had Tom Wilson, who played Biff Tannen in the Back to the Future series, did the voice of the giant in the film, and Paul Rubens, aka Pee Wee Herman, also does the voice in the film. So I thought I thought I liked that. I thought that was pretty good. Uh, apparently, anything that's over 45 minutes can be considered a, a feature. I think more or less not. I think it's like like the the line where they, they, they have it but because this movie is only 57 minutes long but it's still called a movie um i, don't, I mean this is definitely centered at very young kids so i because I, I was watching it watching it and i was getting kind of bored throughout it and but my son i let him watch it by himself beforehand and he seemed to enjoy it a lot so so, yeah, targeted for yeah. Uh, the younger set. Definitely. I mean, I kind of wish they would almost update Tom and Jerry like they they have with that new Looney Tunes show that they have on now where it's kind of contemporary. The one that's more like Seinfeld? Yeah, it's like, like a reboot almost of, of them. And and I wouldn't actually care if even if they had Tom and Jerry talk again like they did in the film back in the 90s, but... I don't know, I think maybe it's time for a little bit of an update with Tom and Jerry and, like, maybe give them a contemporary feel. I don't know if that's just me that feels that way or, and if that's blasphemy to say that, but I, I definitely think they could use some updating. Yeah. I, I didn't see this see this film. I believe it's a direct-to-video title, yeah. if I'm not mistaken, right? Yeah, I mean, and it probably played as, like, a special on Cartoon Network, too. On Cartoon Network. Like even Scooby Doo, they they've kind of rebooted with that. I mean, fortunately, that series I believe it got canceled. Don't that, quote me on that. But the Mystery Inc. Mystery Inc. Mm-hmm. Where they kind of try to like revamp it a little bit, 
Yeah, and gave the characters a bit of a new look and they had, uh, yes, Shaggy and Velma going out with each other. And <laughs> yes. That, so it, it was cool that the like you know they're they're trying with some of the properties that they've had for a while to update them and get like newer generations of kids to to watch them. So hopefully they'll they'll tackle that with Tom and Jerry in the the near future. In the future. Uh, the next one is a film called, it, it goes by two different names, Z- just Zambezia or Adventures in Zambezia. Uh, it was produced by the Triggerfish Animation Studios from South Africa. Uh, this is actually their first animated film they've they've done. Uh, it's got Jeremy Suarez, Abigail Breslin, Jeff Goldblum, Laird Nimoy, and Samuel L. Jackson all doing voices in it. Uh, and... Well, while this the CG and, and like some scenes may not be like the best quality, there are like very well done landscape shots and like the big tree that, that all the birds live in on it is on this waterfall and a lot of the times just like the wa- detail with the water looks fantastic and that's to be commended for what is essentially their their first film that they've put out as a feature, especially when they don't have the the means as as much as like say pixar or dreamworks to put into the budget of their film and what was what i thought was cool was some of the the featurettes that they had on here where the director when thornley was was talking about how big of like a fanboy he actually is of pixar and dreamworks so that he, he was trying to aspire to make the film as good as 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 a pixar film or a dreamworks film so I, I thought that that was commendable of him, and, and it it was enjoyable. And some people may think that's like a, like a Rio knockoff just because of the way that they made the, whatever the reason they, they did the cover. But it's it's its own different kind of story. It's it's kind of it's similar sort of to uh, Rise of the Guardian, not Rise of the Guardian, sorry, Legends of the Guardians. Uh, and the, and the fact that just like there's this the city of birds that live in a tree, but that's like the only similarity really to it. Other than that, I enjoyed it, and my son enjoyed it as well. So I d- definitely suggest giving this a rent and watching it. Oh, and also because because you can't have a animated film without Jim Cummings, he also does the voice in the film too. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I saw that. And so. Jennifer Lewis, this guy, they got oh, some yeah. some cool talent. And, and yeah, Samuel Jackson them. just does everything. So, does he swear? No. <laughs> Dang it. He he plays uh, uh, the char- the main character Jeremy Suarez's uh, father in the film. Oh, okay. So. okay. But, and then the next film I know everybody will be excited for is the Muppet movie. Yes, on Blu-ray. Yeah, uh, and they identify it as the original classic, just so people aren't confused by this movie. This movie, I don't know why I said the movie, thinking about Kevin Smith for some reason. Uh, but yeah, they, they call it the original classics. People don't confuse it with the Muppets that came out recently in the past couple, couple of years, years with Jason Segel. This is the one from 1979. Yeah, and it's the, the nearly 35th an- anniversary edition. Yeah, I love that tagline. <laughs> it, it was kind of fun. They did that with, with Tron, too, where it was on the Tron Legacy and... Blu-rays for that, where they called the first one Tron, the original classic. I yes. guess so people want to confuse the original and the the new one, even though they are different titles. But right. whatever. Uh, 
There are some good bonus features on here, but I, I do feel like they could have put some more on there. I, I want to say there was a commentary on the DVD that was out a while ago, or they could have had like maybe like a new documentary on here about the making of it. They do have the original uh, camera test that Jim Frawley did with the, the Muppets on their first outdoor like kind of camera test, and it's never before seen footage. So you could see like Kermit and uh, Fozzie out on the wild. Just like I guess messing around, it's, it's kind of funny to watch. Some of it, almost, I guess if you really pay attention to it, isn't appropriate for a kid to watch. But it, it was cool to watch that and kind of see like how how the film was set up before they ever filmed it. Uh, there's some there's they have the Disney intermission on there again where you pause the film and it and it comes up with yeah, programming like they did with uh, Rick and Ralph and yes and the Muppets Blu-ray. Uh, there's Froggy Oki Sing Along, where you can sing, howl, and croak along with Kermit and the gang. Uh, there's Doc Hopper's commercial for the restaurant, which is pretty cool. And then they have the original trailers for the film as well. And then they, they, they put one of these on the Muppet Christmas film. So I'm assuming uh, when they released that double feature, Muppet Treasure Island and... What was the other film? on Muppet, uh, the Great Muppet Caper? The Great Muppet Caper, yeah. Coming out in December, I'm sure they'll have another uh, Pepe uh, Profiles thing on there. This one has Pepe, Pepe Profiles Kermit, A Frog's Life, and he, he talks to Kermit and interviews him. So if you're a big fan of Pepe and Kermit, you'll definitely enjoy that. And then the film itself speaks for itself. I mean, you should have seen it by now. but Right. Mark, how did it look in HD? Looks pretty good. Uh, it was on HD and Netflix Instant for a while. I'm not sure if it's still on there. It, it looks a little bit better than that because th that was streaming and this is straight on the, the disc. On the Blu-ray. Yeah, and then it also comes with a DVD, or not a DVD, but sorry, a digital copy. And this seems to be a new thing Disney is doing, which I thought was interesting because they seem to have a pretty good uh, relationship with Apple. But... Usually when you got a digital copy, you could redeem it on iTunes. In the past right. few Disney films that have come out, the digital copy you could only redeem on Vudu or Amazon Instant Video, but not uh, iTunes. Okay. Not iTunes. So, I mean, that's, I, don't know, I mean, if you want it on iTunes, that's kind of a bummer. Like, if you wanted to watch it on your Apple TV. Right. Uh, so, I'm not sure what's going on with with that and why they've decided to kind of move towards Voodoo and not offer yeah. the digital copies on iTunes anymore. And what's yeah, weird is like what they choose for which films to give digital copies to. Like Oliver and Company didn't get a digital copy, but Sword in the Stone and Robin Hood did. Right. And then I this did. Too. And Return to Neverland also got a digital copy that I'll be talking about in a minute or so. But that's just interesting. Like, why they chose to skip over Oliver yeah. and Company for digital copy for whatever reason, but yeah. So yeah, if I mean if you have Voodoo, that's much easier at least for me, I think to use than I hate Ultraviolet what Warner Brothers has started using because it's such it's always such a pain on the butt to to try to sign on to that yeah agree and redeem the stuff and I already have. Uh, I don't want to go into a huge spiel, but like I already have like an account on that. Whenever I try to sign into it with what I know is my passwords and whatnot, it won't ever let me. It's hard. I know. Yeah, There's it's, always problems. It's too much of a pain. So I'm like, whatever. I just won't redeem the ultraviolet copy. <laughs> but 
Yeah, so going from there, uh, the next thing isn't exactly animation, but a lot of these characters on the show are heavily influenced by the Disney versions of the fairy tale characters. And what I'm talking about is the second season of Once Upon a Time on Blu-ray, which is a show I've told Stanford he needs yes, to check out. But I've got to watch. The, the first season is still on Netflix, Instant, so if you have that, definitely check yes, that out. Uh, the absolutely. first season's also on Blu-ray, too. Uh, film, I mean, the show looks fantastic on Blu-ray just because of all, all the different, different effects they use on the show and where they shoot it in Vancouver for Maine. Uh, all looks great. Um, some of the bonus features on there are pretty cool too. There's one, a fractured, a fractured family tree, which is narrated by Sarah Highland of Modern Family, uh, and then you, you can kind of go into the twisted fairy tale family of basically how, without giving anything away, a bunch of the characters on the show are related to each other in different ways, and it, it kind of details that in a pretty good charted out way, so that you're not confused anymore to as who's related to who and who's who's uh, father and who's who's. Uh, grandmother and whatnot so sort it out yeah it's definitely worth checking out and then that's exclusive to the blu-ray and then also exclusive to the blu-ray is an audio commentary on the episode the miller's daughter and then bonus features that are on the blu-ray as well as the dvd are good morning storybook which is like a almost like a morning show <laughs> type thing set in, in the world of the show and it's kind of funny it's got uh, paul Shear and yvette brown on it playing playing like the news anchors uh, it's like a tongue-in-cheek you know kind of thing making fun of like the different fairy tale aspects so it's definitely worth checking it out it's pretty funny uh sincerely hook is a bonus feature kind of introducing you to the character of captain hook the character uh how he appears on the show and how the actor who plays him uh i kind of went into what he got for inspiration like going back to the jm barry book as well as the disney film so and captain hook i think was one of the best additions that they made to the show in the second season so it's definitely worth checking that out as well and then there's a girl power <laughs> bonus feature that shows how um basically how, how none of the the women on the show are damsels in distress and uh, they're all pretty powerful women and that can take care of themselves and that's a pretty awesome feature to check out as well so and then there's bloopers, which are always awesome, audio commentaries on other episodes, and deleted scenes, too. So, I would a nice say, set. Yeah. So, definitely, if you're, you're a fan of the show, definitely check out the Blu-ray and pick it up. Next Blu-ray we're talking about, like I said, there's a bunch this week. Uh, Epic, and, sorry, the, the Muppet movie and Once Upon a Time came out on August 13th. Uh, Zambezia came out on the 6th as well. Uh, the next one is Epic from Blue Sky Studios that came out on the 20th. Uh, that comes with a Blu-ray, DVD, and a ultraviolet digital HD copy. Uh, it also comes on also iTunes, though. So Yay. I'm, I'm always happy when they give you the choice to also pick iTunes. Absolutely. Me too. Uh, and I, I think this, this film was kind of underestimated, or some people didn't go out to see it when... Maybe because they thought it was like a ripoff of Fern Gully or some other films like that. But I thought it was pretty good. I liked the visuals in it. I like 
the Epic didn't do, I mean, that Blue Sky didn't do another sequel to Ice Age. Yes, something different. So this is, I mean, it's based on a book called The, the Leaf Men, and it's it's a pretty good film. I enjoyed it a lot. Uh, the voice actors in the film, uh, Colin Farrell, Josh Hutcherson, Amanda Seyfried, Christoph Waltz, Aziz Ansari, Chris O'Dowd, Jason Sudeikis, uh, and then yeah, singers turned actors Steven Tyler and Beyonce Knowles doing voices as well. Uh, I really liked Aziz Ansari and Chris O'Dowd as Mub and Grub in the, the film. I thought they were pretty funny. Uh, the bonus features are kind of interesting on here. There's ones on here called uh, Birds, Bugs, and Slugs, Forest Explorer, Rot Rocks, and Bugs of Camouflage, which are all, they all seem like, almost like those nature uh, programs that are on TV, like on Saturday morning, like with Jack Hanna, almost. Uh -huh. Yes. That's what it seems like they went to for the approach for the way that they did those, which which was interesting. Uh, and then they did the Epic Life at Two Inches, uh, Mysteries of Moonhaven Revealed, uh, which are actually like detailing the making of the film. Those those other three are kind of like getting into like the real life kind of things about rot and birds, bugs, and whatnot, and how different bugs camouflage themselves. And then if you have kids, there's also an enhanced coloring book app that you can download for your uh Android or iDevices, or I guess even from, well, yeah, I guess the Amazon store is also Android, but you can download it and your kids can color some epic pages on your iPad or Android devices. So it's another clever. nice thing for kids to do. With it. Yes. But yeah, I would say definitely uh, at least give this, this film a rent and check it out. Did you get a chance to see Epic? You know, no, I, ne I never saw it in the theater and, um, uh, I really like the work that Blue Sky does as far as a animation. The story looks so derivative to me okay. just from the previews that I uh, I stayed away. And shame on me, I really should have just forced myself to go. <laughs> but I'll I, I I'm going to definitely check it out on on uh, Netflix. Oh, what was was funny now too is now that uh, DreamWorks is being distributed by Fox, and Blue Sky was already being distributed by Fox. It was weird to see trailers on the epic oh, yeah. blu-ray to dreamworks properties dreamworks films that i was like oh that's weird. weird it's like having competitor trailers on their their blu-ray that'd be like seeing you know like dreamworks trailers on like a, a pixar or disney blu-ray right <laughs> so that was that was Unsettling. interesting to see that so it'll be funny to see that i guess in the future but right speaking about disney blu-rays uh released on the 20th as well, was Peter Pan and Return to Neverland. This was uh, one of the sequels that Disney made to one of its many films during the, the whole era where they made a bunch of sequels to their films. The direct-to-video, or as I like to call it, the Drek to video yeah. But uh, what was your thought on this film, Mark? Uh, I had never seen this, actually. It came out in 2002. I think that maybe I didn't check it out, maybe just because I was in what, 10th grade at the time. So, I mean, I guess maybe it didn't interest me at that point, but it, it was interesting, like, where they went to for the, the story, and how it takes place during World War II, uh, and the fact that Wendy's all grown up. I had questions in logic, though. I guess you shouldn't really like question too many things, but I wanted to know how Captain Hook knew where Wendy 
lived. Where she lived, yes. Because it, it, I don't think it was even the same house. Like the the no. it opens up the film. Well, I did really like the opening for the film, like how it shows uh, Tinkerbell flying through, well, her silhouette of her fil- flying through the clouds. Yeah, kind of recaps cool. the the first film, and it ends, or I mean, it begins like right where that first film ended, uh, with Peter Pan up on Captain Hook's ship, waving goodbye. And then it shows one day's little girl, and she walks in, and then she walks back out, and she's an adult, and she has two kids and a husband. And and then it seems like they live in a different house, like, later on, so I was wondering what was going on with that. But, and the, yeah, and then there's some other stuff, like, where Captain Hook was still looking for where Peter Pan and the Lost Boys lived, which I was like, didn't, don't they know that from Tinkerbell telling them and Peter Pan that they lived in the tree? Right. But I don't. I mean, I guess if you don't think about that stuff too much, then you don't have to worry about it. And the fact that why would Peter Pan and Lost Boys give Captain Hook and the pirates back the ship after yeah. they basically took it from them? None of it made much sense. I thought I saw it in 2002, and I, I you know, I hope I never have to see it again. <laughs> I was, I was grateful that they didn't. You know, on some of these. Disney uh, Blu-ray releases how they're putting the the animated classic and then they're putting the sequels on it. Like they did that, I believe, for Pocahontas and they don't usually do that for the Diamond Edition movies, though. So right, which is so so we can be grateful for that. So I I'm sure this is probably a fun fun movie for kids, but I I, uh, yeah, it wasn't it wasn't for me. It, it was nice to see uh, kind of like the the newer, I guess, animation because that that, right. looked, that looked fantastic. It did. I thought, that, I thought the look of it looked really good. Yeah, I bet it did look good in HD too. And, and the voices that they got to to do Captain Hook and Peter Pan like really do match. They sound like them. Yeah. yeah. Much much like like I was really impressed when the the Jungle Book two when they did that. Uh, John Goodman as as Blue. He sounded a lot sounded good. like Phil Harris, and same with Haley Joel Osment sounded a lot like I don't remember the kid who did Mowgli's voice, but he sounded a lot like Mowgli too. So, although although for me it almost was like hearing Sora from Kingdom Hearts do Mowgli's voice, <laughs> and I always wondered after that I was like if if they have Mowgli in a Kingdom Hearts game, would Haley Joel Osment be doing the voice of of both Sora and Mowgli talking to each other? Yeah. I don't know. I mean, if you're a big fan of Peter Pan, I would definitely say check this out. If nothing more for being curious about it, and I, I have heard a lot of people did enjoy it, and some of the, the new songs in it were pretty good. The, I watched the deleted scenes, and there was like a this really weird Captain Hook song that they deleted from it. I think that's worth checking out the Blu-ray just for that that, dele- that deleted song. <laughs> it's almost <laughs> like scene. it's almost like Captain Hook's Gaston song. Oh wow! Because it's like a presumptuous kind of like, you know, self-centered song about himself. But it's like it's like in this really weird tempo. <laughs> I don't know if it'll show up on on YouTube or anything, but I would definitely say check that out. Uh, and then there's uh, Pixie previews, which are a bunch of there's five uh, CG Tinkerbell shorts, you know, set in the world of her new Disney Fairies line. Uh, they're kind of these little short snippet things. Uh, with her, so for the, for all the little girls working uh, the fairy uh, craze. franchise, yeah. So, 
definitely check that out. And then I guess if you've already bought uh, the Peter Pan, the Diamond Edition, and then if you buy this, and then I guess they also released uh, Pixie Hollow games on DVD. I guess you get all those, you can get extra points in Disney Movie Rewards. But if you bought Secret of the Wings Blu-ray, that Pixie Hollow Games is on that Blu-ray. So if you already have that, don't go and buy the, that DVD by itself because you already have it. You already own it. Yeah. Be warned, just just so you don't spend extra money on your on your little girl or a little boy if you like Tinkerbell too. Uh, the next one is coming out on the 27th and is called The Painting. Done by Blue Spirit Animation, produced in, in France, and it's distributed by Cinedime. It's it's a very interesting film in that it all takes place in like these diff- these different paintings. Uh, the animation for it is is very different and cool because of that, and it's not you know just like your typical animated film. And they go these mist uh, you know these little misfits of characters leave the painting that they're in because. There's the, these sketches that are like, you know, just sketches of drawings within the painting uh, that were never finished or completed. Uh, there's the halfies, which are painting or, you know, characters in that painting that were mostly finished, except for maybe a little bit. And then there's the, the all dones, uh, which basically chastise the, you know, like the, the, the sketches and the halfies because they don't feel they're as, as good as them and they, you know, put them down and whatnot. And and so and then there's an all done that's in in love with a, a halfy so you know you kind of got that Romeo Juliet thing going on with them, but and then there's this another female character that's just kind of like totally about uh, just she's like a free spirit more or less, and they end up leaving uh, so that the all done the halfy and a sketch leave that painting and try to go to find the painter to see if they can have him finish the the characters that haven't been yet and then they find out all, like all the stuff about the painter and whatnot and uh, it's very interesting like how they meld the different paintings and how when they leave the painting and they go into the real world what that looks like and it's, it's a very interesting movie and there's a making a featurette that's uh, it's in french because it is a french produced film so you're gonna have to watch that with subtitles uh, there's a concept art slideshow, and then there's an original French audio track with with English subtitles. If you wanted to watch the original version of the film that way, and then there's also a U.S. trailer. Uh, so it's definitely, I would say, definitely check this out. It's worth worth a rent, and just because it's a different way of a film being animated, and I'm all for you know uh, a selection of varied types of animation for movies to check out. Yeah, it it looks really interesting, Mark. I you know the first I had even heard of it is when you had posted a picture of it, and and then just what I read about it, it it sounds like it's it's a very unique film. I, I'm looking forward to seeing it. Uh, oh yeah, it comes with a Blu-ray and a DVD. My my friend Chase Well is actually the guy that recommended it to me, so I'm I'm happy he suggested that to me. Thank you, sir. Uh, the, the next film uh, from Steve Ghibli. Uh, I'm not sure w- what goes on with the distribution and like the rights for that and stuff, but uh, I remember like you know Arietti and the, the past few Studio Ghibli films have been distributed and put on Blu-ray by Disney. By Disney. So what was interesting is this one was put out by Cinedime and G Kids. 
so I mean, I was start. I I've started a pretty good collection of Studio Ghibli films, and now three of them are all in that you know like that case uh, with the spine is like blue and gold, and then then I have the from up on Poppy Hill, which is done to like match all the other G Kid releases. So if I put it next to all the G Kid ones, it looks cool and you know uniform, but the OCD in me now is like <laughs> it looks so different from the yeah, other three Studio Ghibli like. films. Yeah. And I liked that about the three that I had. I was like, oh, cool, they're all going to look like this. And then I was like, no, what? But maybe that was the only reason I was upset that that studio um, Ghibli went with Cinedime for this, for whatever reason, instead of, I, I don't know how that works with, you know, with Disney's rights with Studio Ghibli. Because, I mean, it even, like, one of the, the studios listed on the back is Walt Disney Japan. So... Uh, but I had wanted to see this when it came out in theaters near me, and it was in like a like an art house theater close by. And, uh, Justin Vector didn't want to go see it, so I, I didn't end up getting a chance to see it in theaters. Uh, but I finally got to watch it when it came out on Blu-ray, and or well, it hasn't come out on Blu-ray yet. But when I got on Blu-ray, sorry, it comes out September third. Um, but I really enjoyed it. It's a, it's directed by. Hayao Miyazaki's son, Goro Miyazaki, but it was written by Hayao Miyazaki, and it's a fantastic film. It's uh, set in Yokohama, 1963, Japan, uh, just before the the Olympics and after uh, World War II, whatnot. And it's about like these two different kids that meet each other and like how uh, circumstances that happen after that. Uh, I thought it was it was pretty good. I really enjoyed it a lot. There's the original Japanese version of the film, so you can watch it that way too. There's feature-length storyboards, so you can watch the entire film in storyboard version. Uh, there's celebrity cast recording feature uh, showing the U.S. voice cast doing their voices for the film. Uh, there's an interview with Goro Miyazaki, which is subtitled. Uh, music video, uh, Yokohama feature, which is also subtitled, and then there's the original Japanese trailers and TV spots. Uh, and then, uh, if you buy the G-Kids edition of the film, it's got a 16-page booklet including a letter by Goro Miyazaki and an excerpt from the original project proposal by Hayao Miyazaki, and a speech and press conference from Hayao Miyazaki as well. So, so Mark, was this uh, dubbed in English, or did it have subtitles? Uh, well, you can watch it with uh, the original Japanese audio and subtitles, or you can watch it with the English, um, or I mean the, the American uh, voice cast. Dubbed. Okay. So the, yeah, uh, much like the the other like Disney ones that I've like the ones that Disney had had put together. Uh, you had asked me to write some articles about this film earlier in the year, and uh, you know it came to to th- theaters near me for like a week, you know, and then it was gone, and and I, I'm glad that they. I'm glad it's on uh, on Blu-ray, and they also didn't wait too terribly long for it. You know, I guess although I guess it's been released, you know, for months. But yeah, I think it came out in 2011 in Japan. And so. uh, I'm I, everything I've read about it sounds like it's it's a beautiful film. Definitely, I, I'm enjoying it. And like the American cast on it is uh, Anton Yelchin, uh, Ron Howard, Gillian Anderson, Bo Bridges, Jimmy Lee Curtis. So I mean, there's Aubrey Plaza. There's a bunch of of people that everybody knows and it doing them the American versions of the voices. So it's it's definitely worth checking out, especially if you're a big Studio Ghibli fan. And 
And we know Mr. Quest is, so we know he'll want to check that out when it comes out on September 3rd. So, yeah, 40 minutes into our show, that is all of our new releases for the week. Um, we'll be back in a few seconds with our news. Forever let us hold our banner high, 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 high. Come along and sing the song and join the jamboree. M-I-C-K-E-Y-M-O-U-R-C. Mickey Mouse Club, Mickey Mouse Club. We'll have fun, we'll meet new faces. We'll do things and we'll go places. All around the world we're marching. And we're back with our news for the week. Uh, the first bit, talk about the Emmy winners for individual achievement and animation were announced recently. And uh, Mr. Clark wrote this, so I'm going to let him take this. Yeah, uh, there was a, a list of, of six winners that received an individual achievement in animation award. And uh, the winners are Annie and I'm sorry if I'm going to mispronounce some of these names, but Andy Restaino, who uh, did character design for Adventure Time. Jenny Gaze Baker, who was a background painter on, on uh, the Disney Mickey Mouse short, specifically uh, Croissant de Triomphe, one of the new uh, Mickey Mouse shorts that are playing uh, on Disney Channel. Joseph Holt won an Art Direction Award also for Croissant de Triomphe from, from uh, the Disney Mickey Mouse short i was so happy to see that that tron uprising yeah. got some love uh you, see see disney can't exactly show. and that's cool. won all these all these awards one annie's and now it's not won one of these it was such a cool show it's albert uh, milego uh got, got an art direction award andy bialik uh got a character design design award for dragons riders of burke uh which is uh, on uh, Cartoon Network from DreamWorks. And then uh, Paul Weed got a character animation award for, for his work on uh, The Simpsons. So anyway, very cool. On Sunday, September 15th, they're going to have a TV broadcast for these Creative Arts Emmy Awards. And and uh, anyway, congratulations to the winners. Very cool. Oh, yeah, and then you get to, get to watch an edited version of it on the, the new amazingly... Titled FXX. FXX. <laughs> yes. That's such a silly name. For... Yeah, I agreed. Let's call it FX squared. Right. I like that almost better. Uh, the, the next bit, uh, going into Studio Ghibli again, uh, The Wind Rises is going to be screening at the Toronto International Film Festival, uh, which for all of you attending that, definitely go and check that out because... I'm pretty sure, like every other Ghibli film, it will be amazing, yeah. and you'll be one of the amongst uh, the first people in the, the, well, North America, to see it, because that's its debut in North America. So, I would definitely go check that out if you have the opportunity to it uh, to do so. Cause I don't think any of us will, but uh, I think Matt is actually the closest, and some. Uh, Maybe maybe somewhere we'll be able to get Matt to the Toronto International Film Festival. So, but not not this year probably. But 
if if you get to go, uh, let us know. We have let us know on Facebook, Twitter, whatnot, and what, what you thought of the film too, because we're really looking forward to it. And there hasn't been a U.S. release date set yet, so hopefully we'll find out something about that soon. So fingers crossed. Uh, the the next one, I, I actually got to see Blackfish last weekend, the documentary about uh, you know the orca whales in in captivity at SeaWorld and whatnot, and apparently the ending to Finding Dory might possi- possibly have been altered in, in light of that documentary. Uh, what, do you, what do you think about that, Stanford? Well, uh, you know, Pixar is always so tight-lipped about stuff. Who knows what actually happened? However, uh, I, I haven't seen the documentary, but I, I heard... Uh, some I heard uh, some analysis about on NPR about it. Doesn't make me an expert, and I'd be interested to hear your your feedback. But it sounds like the documentary is, is less than flattering of this experience that happens with these uh, whales in captivity, and and so you can understand why uh, uh, the the brilliant story people at Pixar would would rethink rethink it if they needed to. Uh- some of the quotes from it, uh, uh, I'm going to script this guy's name, Riley. Louis Saihos, uh, a director of the Oscar-winning film The Cove, which is actually about like the slaughter of dolphins, So, uh, who heard about the meeting through a colleague. And the, so this kind of, this was the only thing that kind of made me, like I'm not sure entirely of how much of this is true because of like this, like, the telephone game kind of thing where he heard about the meeting right. through a colleague in the animal rights movement that lives near Pixar's Emeryville campus. Right. Uh, and possible spoiler alert, I guess at the end of the film, uh, finding Dory submarine. So if you don't want to hear this bit, just in case it might actually still be in the film, skip ahead about a minute. And so you won't hear it. Uh, and five, four, three, and spoiler, no. Uh, some marine mammals are sent to an aquatic park rehab facility, a SeaWorld-type environment. Uh, and then after seeing Blackfish, I guess they retooled the film so that the, the sea creatures now have the choice to leave that marine park. Uh, they told Gabriella, the, the, uh, the director of Blackfish, uh, they didn't want to look back on this film in 50 years and have it be their song of the South, which that's that's pretty interesting. Yes, me. it is. Uh, the director, Copper, man, why do they have such tough last names? Uh, <laughs> Cowperthwaite uh, confirmed she had screened the film at the Animation Studios campus, uh, but she went on to say that the employees were deeply impacted by her movie. Uh these are obviously people who, she said, these are obviously people who are dedicated to researching every topic to cover, which, yes, that's, that is definitely true. Uh, as you can say, uh, there wasn't there a special panel at D23 about the research that they do for their films? Yes. Unfortunately, I wasn't able to attend it, but, but uh, I, I, I wonder if they had talked about some that's of that stuff. Possible. I, and I wonder if it's one of those that's online, too. We need to check out, see if right. somebody could film it. Yeah, because it seems like, I remember, I think it was, like, in one of the smaller rooms. Yeah. Uh, and then whether, and then she also went on to say whether Blackfish affects their creative decisions, I can't say. 
Yeah, and so so basically, as with like many other studios, the plot for Finding Dory really isn't set in stone yet, and it could undergo like many many revisions before the film makes its way into theaters by the fall of 2015. So, who knows who knows by then how much Blackfish may ultimately influence the the final product of the film? Because I mean, we know how, how much films that have already come out have changed, and like Monsters University and and uh, even like Brave, yeah, Brave in, in particular, how much that changed from its initial concept to what actually got released in theaters. So, yeah, definitely interested to to see the story of Finding Dory. We'll talk about that a little bit more later in the show with what Stanford learned at D23. Uh, next thing, I'll let you take this one as well. Uh, Alpha and Omega 2 brings holiday cheer home a little bit early on October 8th. So, as you know, Alpha and Omega was uh, an animated feature from uh, 2010, and now they, uh, they're they just going in for the uh, direct-to-video market with these characters. Uh, this film, as Mark mentions, Alpha and Omega 2, a holiday adventure. <laughs> it's... Yeah. And it looks like it's going to be a heartwarming holiday tale because uh, the the two the male and the female wolf have now, wolf have now hooked up and have have uh, baby wolves. So anyway, the you want to name name what the three kids' names are? Stinky, Claudette, awesome. and Runt. I'm just the reporter. Uh, returning in the lead roles of Humphrey and Kate are Justin Long and Hayden uh, Panettiere. I'm really surprised. And uh, yeah, and then also they've got Danny Glover and Christina Ricci and um, Jane Lynch is on board, Ed Asner, and also uh, Aziz Ansari. So anyway, they got some cool voice talent, and uh, we wish them well. I hope this is going to be a, a, a good thing. This is and this is uh, from Lionsgate. Yeah, and I I wonder if if they told them that the movie was going to be released in theaters, so that's why they. <laughs> <laughs> why they came on board i i think that if i'm not mistaken the that the two, the feature was was uh made in india yeah the rich crest animation studios yes yeah uh yes. I, I put a little clip from the film in your article too yeah so you can get a little taste of what the film is going to be like yeah uh i wasn't too fond of the the first elf and omega I, I didn't feel like the animation was like finished yeah it didn't look finished i i didn't see it again the previews drove me away and i, I don't know if that's why well, I, I had to review it <laughs> uh yeah so sometimes it's not cool to get some movies like that you didn't end up enjoying right but uh i don't know maybe if i'm just too acclimated to watching like high highly financed like studio animated films so like when i when i see maybe something that's not done by like a a disney or, or a pixar or a dreamworks or or a Leica or whatnot that like the kind of lower level animation for it maybe draws me away from it it's, it's almost like the same kind of uh what you get for like tv animation like for like the kung fu panda series right. like like that uh, on TV, or like the Madagascar, or Penguins of Madagascar on TV. Like, 
Because you can't, you don't ever get the same budget for animation for TV, and it would take too long also to animate those episodes if you did it in the same level that you right. did it for the film. So you have to kind of like downgrade it. So maybe I don't know. Maybe that's why it turns me off with like the movie, or I feel like it just take a little bit longer to produce the film, and then you can make it a little bit polished, more polished. Like that's what that's why I was actually find the Zambezia film commendable because. There's scenes in that that are very polished, and maybe the birds aren't as you know have as many polygons in them as as they would like say in in Rio or or uh, Pixar short film or whatnot. But they, I mean, they they, I mean, I don't want to put anybody down that works like at Ridgecrest or anything. But I'm just saying it seems like you know what I mean. Yeah, uh, I do absolutely, but, and. And I think this is like only the first of like planned of a few planned Alpha yeah, Omega. Yeah, it sounds like sequels. they've got stuff in the pipeline, and and we'll be seeing lots of Alpha and Omega yeah. uh, direct-to-video product. Yeah. And if you guys remember, you may also remember Hayden Panettiere's voice from well, well, when she was much younger, doing the voice of Dot in A Bug's Life. In A Bug's Life. Yeah. So. Uh, and then I'm like, like I've said, I'm, I'm probably slightly biased with uh, the next thing that's coming out in Blu-ray. Uh, October 29th, Monsters University, yay, is coming to Blu-ray, uh, and the bonus features have been detailed. And what we kind, what we found kind of interesting at first, before I found out that you got to see it at D23 again, we'll talk about that in a little bit. Was the the short uh, Party Central that Austin had told us about a few episodes ago. We were assuming would be on this Blu-ray, uh, and it is not. And you will find out why a little bit later. But that that was interesting to find out that that was not on there. I was like, oh, that's where where's Party Central? I don't see it anywhere. Because uh, that's one of the first times in a while that they've made a short that's kind of centered around that film, specifically for the Blu-ray, hasn't shown up on that Blu-ray. Uh, but the things they're including on there are a feature called Campus Life. What's it like being, a... I'm excited about all these because anytime I get an insight to the production or what it is like to be an employee at Pixar, I get super excited and I can live vicariously through that bonus feature and feel like I'm actually working. That I way. know. I love those too. They're yeah. so great. So the Campus Life, it's, and this seems like to be the, the most heavy on that kind of stuff, which I'm pretty excited about because the, the Brave one didn't have too much stuff about stuff in Pixar itself actually so because obviously it relied mostly on like going to Scotland and like what they researched for that film there but yeah so the first bonus feature campus life uh, what's it like being on a production crew at Pixar get a day in the life look at Monsters University crew through their own eyes so maybe you'll see see Chris or Austin on there Uh, story school a documentary examines the challenges of creating a prequel, as well as themes that run through the story and the change in focus from Sully to Mike. I'll also look at how the gags are developed from writing jokes to brainstorming a million ideas, only five of five percent of which actually end up in the movie. Uh, Scare Games at Pixar, uh, they they did a well the, the production of the film was moving the producers, managers, coordinators, artists. Uh, also brought the spirit and excitement of the extra curriculum curricular activities to 
scare games at Pixar itself. I remember Austin and Chris talking about that a little bit. So it'll be fun to see those actual scare game competitions on there. They have a, a preview of that on the Disney Pixar YouTube channel. You can see like a little snippet of that that bonus feature on there. Uh, there's Welcome to MU. Sets aren't about the sets and whatnot of Monsters University and the architecture. Uh, music appreciation, uh, bonus feature basically about Randy Newman's score uh, for the film and just how he's been with Pixar for so many films now. Uh, scare tactics, uh, animators and actors uh, are actors who digitally bring the characters to life. Uh, in this look at how the MU animation team worked, you'll see the process of how they channeled their own monster selves and created monsters on screen that were really funny, uh, really scary, and also really serious sometimes at the same time. Color and light, so you kind of get uh, look into Pixar's new lighting system and the process of how it explores the many layers of technical innovation that require to produce such a naturalistic feel. I'm I'm glad these are back too because I don't think there was one of these in the Brave Bravery either. The Paths to Pixar MU edition. Yeah. Uh, when one door closes, sometime another door opens. One, then even more exciting opportunity behind it. Members of the MU crew tell their own compelling backstories and share their challenges that they overcame along their paths to Pixar. Hoping one day I get to be on that bonus feature on, on a yes. Blu-ray. I have so too. Uh, even even if I don't ever get to be on the bonus feature, I like to, you know, just work there. Uh, Furry Monsters, a technical retrospective, uh, which is, this thing's pretty cool too. Explore the difficulties in creating characters that are 20 years younger with tools that are 10 years more advanced in this contrasting look at the differing technical challenges that arose when making Monsters, Inc. Monsters University. Uh, there's deleted scenes, uh, rivalry, recon, movie night, and drama class. And all of those are highlighted with an introduction from director Dan Scanlon. And then we get the, the, the amazing Blue Umbrella uh, short film on there as well. And then there's some additional bonus features, which are audio commentary, which I'm looking forward to again. Uh, promo picks, college campaign, theatrical campaign, set fly-throughs, art gallery, and a whole lot more. Uh, you can pick, pick this up in a bunch of different ways, too. There's the 4-disc Ultimate Collector's Edition Blu-ray 3D combo pack. There's a 3D, 3-disc, sorry, I didn't mean to say 3D again, 3-disc Collector's Edition Blu-ray combo pack, 3-disc Blu-ray combo pack, uh, which is a little bit different than that 3-disc Collector's Edition, uh, DVD, and then you can also download it on HD Digital or HD Digital 3D a few weeks early on October 8th. So if you don't want to wait for a uh, physical copy of it on October 29th, you can get it on October 8th a little bit early. Yeah, so yeah, that's Monsters University. It's going to be fantastic. It just it just sounds so great. Yeah, and I can't cannot, wait. Cannot wait to have that show up at my door to step. Absolutely. Well, I want to get it really early. I want it to be at my door when we finish podcasting. <laughs> <laughs> Because you know it's already produced somewhere. It's, right, it's, it's somewhere. It, it's somewhere. Uh, I'm going to go find that warehouse. I'm going to get it. <laughs> uh, Aquaman swim, is swimming to an animated feature. Yeah. So the, the the fishy wonder is getting his own outrageous animated film from DC Animated. Uh, and Jeff Johns has really, you know, pushed Aquaman to the forefront and tried to, you know, re redo his 
is is kind of less than his awesome reputation he's had yeah. in the past few years yeah. or so. Uh, he became the butt of many jokes. It's all the jokes. But uh, I know, I'm, I'm interested in, in seeing how how Aquaman is portrayed in the animated film. And yeah, me too. I'll check it out. I, I thought he was obviously for the the Batman, the Brave and the Bold animated series. They went for like a more campy look on him. But I thought he was pretty funny in that, just because and he had his you know his. Catchphrase outrageous. So, <laughs> yeah, I'm definitely. I'm. I'm sure we'll go for a more serious Aquaman for the film, but I'll, I'll be interested to check that out. There's no release date yet, but it's within the pipeline. And it's it's nice to see that we're not just going to be getting Batman DC animated movie, Superman DC animated movie. Batman and Superman together, DC animated movie. Oh, Justice League movie that stars either Batman or Superman and some of the other Justice League members. But, like, so Flashpoint, I think, was, like, the first... I mean, though the fact that Batman was a kind of a key character in that, Flash being the central character to it, it was nice to see them actually, you know, branching out from the few that they know are going to sell and take some risks with some of these. So, uh, from that, the new voice talent added to DreamWorks Penguins of Madagascar and the Bureau of Otherworldly Operations. Uh, so, for Penguins of Madagascar, the, the film, which I'm wondering if the film will take place after Madagascar 3. Right. And maybe I... show uh, timeline-wise. Maybe, maybe this will be the intermediate film that ties the Madagascar film series to the Penguins of Madagascar TV series. The series. I've wondered where the, where this fits in their timeline yeah. to, you know, their, of their world. I always wondered if maybe, like, the, the series was always just supposed to be, like, an alternate kind of, like, universe thing where, like, you know, the main cast of Madagascar just doesn't exist at that zoo, but uh, the characters that they met in Madagascar do. So... But yeah. anyways, uh, Benedict Cumberbatch uh, from TV Sherlock and Star Trek Into Darkness, amongst other films, and John Malkovich uh, from basically everything, uh, have been added to the voice cast of The Penguins of Madagascar. Uh, and Malkovich was, uh, will apparently be voicing the film's charming villain. Villain? Well, Cumberbatch will voice a high-ranking animal CIA agent hot on his trail. So it'll be interesting to see where the penguins uh, kind of fit into yes. that, that whole chestnut. Agreed. Uh, and then joining Seth Rogen and Melissa McCarthy in Bureau of Otherworldly Operations are Matt Bomer from White Castle. Or White Castle. Yeah, White Collar. <laughs> White Collar. <laughs> uh, I, I was thinking uh, Chuck because he played uh, Bryce Harper oh, right. on Chuck, too. On uh, Chuck, yeah. Uh, he was also on... Glee recently playing there and Chris's brother uh, and then he, and he actually did a voice of Superman in one of the I want to say then the Superman what was it Superman Unbound one uh, film that just came out recently he did the voice of Superman in that uh, and then Rashida Jones uh, from the office in Parks and Recreation has joined as well and apparently uh, Rashida Jones will actually be playing uh, the ex-wife of Rogan's character, and Bomer will be playing her new husband. 
So that's interesting. I, I'm still wondering what the character designs are going to look like for. Yeah, I, I because they haven't released any art from that film, so I, I'm excited. Yeah, other than that logo. Right. With like you know like the the default that, look for a ghost. Yes. So I, I'm wondering if they'll look like you know if they'll look like humans as ghosts, and how like uh, wife and or, or how I guess how marriage works when you're dead, and a ghost. Right. Or if Seth Rogen's character is dead and uh, Melissa McCarthy's Melissa McCarthy character is dead, but Rashida Jones and Matt Boomer's character are, are alive, and that's why Rashida Jones is Seth Rogen's ex-wife. Yeah. I don't know, but then I guess thing I guess maybe they would have said widower or whatnot, or a widow, but semantics. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, I guess we'll find out when we see like a teaser eventually in the future. Yeah, both of these, both uh, the Penguins of Madagascar and uh, Bureau of Otherworldly Operations are coming out in 2015. Awesome. And the last bit of news, uh, more details have been revealed about the Phineas and Ferb Star Wars special. So Phineas and Ferb Star Wars will happen just off to the right of everything that happened in Episode 4 of Star Wars. Uh, basically, all the plot of New Hope happens, and then... We find out Phineas and Ferb are Luke's neighbors on Tatooine, <laughs> and they become embroiled in the adventure. And, and basically, they say he's, Jeff Swampy Marsh said it said our story takes all all takes place as if you had a slightly wider shot, you could see our characters, or if you just waited around five minutes after the stars storyline, our characters would pass through, which was really fun to do. And the fact that all the actors from Star Wars are now 40 years older. So they don't quite sound the same. So they tried finding people who sounded like they did when they were young. Uh, and he, Dan Povenmire said, the guy we had come in to do Harrison Ford sounded so much like young Harrison Ford. It was like, if you didn't look up, you thought, we have Harrison Ford in the booth. Yeah, I'm excited to hear that voice. That sounds so great. Yeah, so, And apparently there's some yet-to-be-revealed, very special cameos in the short as well. So we're looking forward to that. Uh I still have to watch the Mission Marvel one, uh, so I'm looking forward to watching that. And I've heard that did really well on TV. So, yeah, the ratings were great, and it's fun. I, I think you'll enjoy it. You'll have to let us know what you think. Would you say they were marvelous? <laughs> like, like you wrote. Oh yes, so clever. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, that's our, our news for the week. We'll be back in a few seconds with our new trailers. So, new trailers this week. The first one is Leslie Ewerk's documentary about Walt Disney Imagineering. Uh, I've liked the past two films I've seen from her. The, the Pixar story, obviously, I liked that a lot. And then uh, the Industrial Light and Magic one that she did as well was fantastic. They still haven't released that like in any form, like on Blu-ray or DVD. The Pixar story was on the initial Wally Blu-ray that came out. But uh, I was lucky enough to see that Industrial Light and Magic one at... New York Comic Con back in 2010 because they were screening it there. So I, 
Tom Cruise narrates it. Uh, it's pretty interesting to watch too, especially if you're a big fan of all the work that Industrial Light and Magic has done, because you've seen that in basically every film that's come out in the past, I don't know, 20 years or so. 20 plus years. Yeah. So uh, definitely look for that if you haven't seen that yet to watch that. It's pretty awesome. But now she's she's working on a film about Walt Disney Imagineering, and the trailer for this looks amazing. The only thing that stinks about the movie is that it doesn't come out until 2016, apparently. Yeah, they're exactly. They've got this trailer, and I guess one of the interesting things about it is that they're they're filming a lot of stuff going on at Imagineering while they're designing yeah. and building Shanghai Disneyland. Right. And so, so maybe that's why they're. Waiting. I think that's why they're waiting. Yeah. So, uh, and but then they're like you can see from the trailer that they're also there's interviews with John Lasser in Cars Land. So, and the, the fact that he's kind of the head of he, he is the head of Imagineering right now, right? Like one of he's, the chief. He's the chief creative officer. Yes. Yeah, so. of, of Imagineering, so I think that they run most projects through by him. him. Yeah. yeah. He's got a lot of titles nowadays in, in, he does. in the world of Disney. He's a busy man. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I'm I'm really looking forward to this. Uh, it'll be int- I always find that kind of stuff like fascinating. And me too. Anything having to do with Disney is always pretty awesome. So uh, maybe they'll screen it very early at the, the 2015 D23 Expo. So awesome. Maybe. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that would be a place for them to, I guess, screen the first footage of it or. The you know I mean I don't know how close it would be to being done by that time but hopefully if, hopefully within the next two years there'll be something that's done since it doesn't come out for another three years which yeah that's got to be like one of the earliest trailers ever for a movie then yeah it's it's kind of weird you know but I guess I had read that they were doing one yeah but but to do a trailer that's almost like. Maybe it's more like a sizzle reel or something, yeah. you know, for for something that we're all, we'll we'll all be excited for it. I know it's gonna be cool. Uh, and then the the Jungle Book Diamond Edition uh, trailer showed up online, which is which was interesting because usually the like I would assume this trailer wouldn't have showed up anytime soon until the Little Mermaid Diamond right. Edition Blu-ray came out because that's usually when you see the trailer for the next one is on that blu-ray and uh so i mean uh, i mean it's not really anything new if you haven't seen the jungle book <laughs> i mean i guess if you have seen the jungle book you just see it in hd more or less and right they don't really announce any new bonus features or anything uh but i just thought it was worth bringing to attention that if you want to see the diamond edition trailer check it out it is online now uh, and we're excited to, to see the Jungle Book come out on Blu-ray, and then we know oh, shortly definitely. thereafter, Jungle Book Two, Blu-ray will come out a few months after. Yeah, and thankfully again, it's not on yeah. the Jungle Book, but yeah, that's just me. Yeah. Uh, and if we keep getting uh, Aladdin pushback, I'm I'm I'm, <laughs> I'm almost assuming they're gonna just have Aladdin, Return of Jafar, and the Prince of Thieves oh. on the same Blu-ray. Oh, make it stop. I hope Aladdin gets the Diamond Edition. <laughs> I do too. Oh. I hope next year when Sleeping Beauty comes out, we see it says, you know, well, actually, yeah, I would say, on Jungle Book, it would say what? The, the fall, 
and their spring one. Right? Yep. So I guess maybe in Jungle Book we'll find out what comes after Sleeping Beauty. Yes, let's hope so. Although, to be fair, Lady and the Tramp did say Aladdin was coming this February. That's true. Oh, you're right. So they changed their minds. You're right. Yeah. We got Peter Pan instead. I mean, Peter Pan is a nice consolation prize, but I really wanted Aladdin. Ah, uh, yeah, me too. You know, you guys could always wait and, and not put Sleeping Beauty out on Blu-ray and Diamond Edition. Wait until Maleficent comes out on Blu-ray. They do it together. Er- in early 2015. Yeah, and package them together. That's what you do. Listen right. to me. Put, put Aladdin on Blu-ray in the <laughs> fall right. instead. Listen to Mark. There you go. And then we can get, you know, Return Return to Jafar I actually think is a pretty good uh, straight-to-DVD sequel. But that we're, we're just trying to, trying to avoid this next trailer that we don't, we're kind of depressed about. Uh, <laughs> uh, Sir Sean Connery's return to acting after uh, kind of after putting himself in a... Re- absence. Yeah, after putting himself in a retirement after the League of Extraordinary Gentlemen, which I actually enjoyed, but... Uh, to this this film, Sir Billy, uh, which this uh, this is verbatim the the story to the movie, right? Animated. It's made entirely in Scotland. I guess it's apparently their their first CG film, and it actually came out last year in Scotland, and Scotland actually chose to promote Brave instead of this. Which I guess caused some controversy there, but after you watch the trailer, you'll you'll know why Scotland was like, you know what, we're gonna we're gonna back Brave instead of instead of this movie. Uh, and again, I commend all the animators that worked on this. They don't have any say in the budget or the final, you know, product that is put out. But <laughs> uh, it follows the adventure of an aging, I think geriatric skateboarder, Sean Connery, who plays Sir Billy. Who must pick up his board and skate again to save the life of a beaver named Bessie Boo. Along the way, Sir Billy will team up with a goat, voiced by Alan Cummings, and battle corrupt cops, scientists, and even take on a submarine on his skateboard. Yes. Yes. You heard that correct. I'm speechless. And yeah, the trailer's up uh, on our, our site. Uh... <laughs> That it's, page is going to get a lot of hits, Mark. It's, it's distributed by <laughs> Pinnacle Films, yeah. And it will hit theaters internationally on September 13th and will most assuredly hit the DVD market mere hours afterward. I, I mean, I guess Sean Connery can choose whatever he wants to do. I mean, he's he's earned it. He's, he's knighted. He's, he's been, Sean Connery. He, he's been... He was the original James Bond. He's Indiana Jones' dad. He was... He was the Highlander. And I mean, now he's making a, a crappy film, an animated film, but oh well. <laughs> yeah. But and, and I saw an interview that he did talking about choosing to do this movie where he said he was offered a role in a Disney movie a few years ago, but he chose to do this because he liked the environment of it better and the circumstances when he was he was asked. And I'm, I was trying to think of what Disney movie he would have been asked to do a voice in. And I was wondering if he actually got a vo- asked to voice a do a character's voice in, in Brave, which would make that would make sense. Yeah, but I don't know. And, and then if so, I wonder why he decided not 
Yeah. To I do decided it. not and, to do it. And then which character was he offered in whatever film he was offered that he decided not to do, but then decided to do this instead of that. What are your thoughts, everyone? Let us know. Will you be seeing Sir Billy? Did you already see Sir Billy and you live in Scotland? And and what do you, what do you think about it? So, uh, and like we talked about with uh, Alpha and Omega earlier, uh, the animation on this, like, you know, you remember the, the TV show Reboot? Yes. The animation in Reboot from the early 90s looks better than this movie. <laughs> Just so, saying. Yeah. Uh, so... So that yeah, that, that's our the last of our trailers for the this week. Uh, we'll be back in a few seconds with our recommendations. Look at this stuff, isn't it neat? Wouldn't you think my collection's complete? Wouldn't you think I'm the girl, the girl who has everything? Look at this trove, treasures untold. How many wonders can one cavern hold? Looking around here, you think, sure, she's got everything. I've got gadgets and gizmos aplenty. I've got who's it's and what's it's galore. You want thingamabobs? I got 20. But who cares? No big deal. I want more. Back with recommendations this week. Uh, my recommendation is this video from Geek Week, uh, from uh, Jamie Hyman and Adam Savage's YouTube channel. Uh, and it's about making of a real-life size Wally robot, which I think was pretty awesome. Yes. If I had the money to, I would ask this guy to make one for me, too, just so I could have it. Uh, I guess if you live in the San Francisco area, they, he's gone to the, the Maker's Fair that they have there every year. And... Uh, one of my friends, actually Austin, I believe, saw, ran into Wally, either this year or last year, and he had a few pictures with him. And then another one of my friends, Graham Hancock, uh, got to see it one of the, these past years as well. It's interesting, to, like, to see like what size Wally would be in real life if you actually ran into right. him. You always think of him as like small, I guess, because of like the toys and whatnot, and. You're on. You're at his level in the the film, so you never like really think about that more or less. But yeah, he's he's like it seems like he's like at least like four feet tall, maybe like with his his eyes and not. And I thought it, thought that was pretty awesome. And you guys should definitely check that out. How about you, Stanford? What's your recommendation for the week? Well, my recommendation is I saw the uh, first showing of Wander Over Yonder, which is the new series from Craig McCracken that's going to be coming on Disney Channel in September. But last weekend when when they showed the Phineas and Ferb Mission Marvel uh, special, they also just had a 15-minute, you know, kind of a sneak peek of Wander Over Yonder, and it's really fun. It's it's uh, just everything I'd hoped. It'd be very cartoony, very funny, just, you know, ridiculous, but just great in every, in every way. I saw... Uh, or I read an article that Craig McCracken had uh, uh, from a recent interview that he had given to Animation Magazine, and, I'll, and I'll, I'll send you the link for it. But he talks about how this character, who's voiced by Jack uh, Brayer, he said it's really just an animated version of him. You know, that's just what he is like in real life. <laughs> and the way that this is set in outer space, it looks like it's, 
uh, and Craig McCracken mentions this too. It's very much like Looney Tunes, like uh, Marvin the Martian oh, nice. type of thing. And, and so great humor, cool, cool animation. I'm really excited for the series. It, it debuts on September 13th, or I guess is when it's going to uh, officially premiere. So. And for those of you who may not know who Jack McBrayer is, uh, he was the voice of Fix-It Felix and Wreck-It Ralph, and he was also... Uh, Kenneth. Yeah, Kenneth on 30 Rock, and and then multiple other films as well, and he's done many voices. And he, I was watching an episode of Archer the other day, and he did a voice on that, too. So oh, did he? <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, he's yeah. all over the place. And, uh, he actually used to work for Conan O'Brien, too, as, like a, as a set PA... So that's kind of funny, like, where his career started and where he is now. So. And where he is. It's pretty uh, awesome. He's, he's great. All right, guys. Uh, that That is our recommendations for the week. We'll be back in a few seconds with our main topic, talking about the D23 Expo. Uh, when we arrive there, I will talk with uh, Stanford briefly about his experiences at D23 Expo. And then I'll be joined by our guests uh, Courtney and Jenny to talk about their experiences there and also get their recommendations this week too so we'll see you guys in a few seconds when we come back with the main topic 7am the usual morning line up start on the chores and sweep to the floors all clean polish and wax do laundry and mop and shine up sweep again and by then it's like 7 Main topic this week, uh, we descend on Anaheim, California for the D23 Expo of 2013. Uh, our, our man on the street is Stanford Clark, covering the entire D23 Expo event for Animation Fascination. So first, what was the coolest thing you saw at D23 this year? Oh, Mark, that's a that's a good question because there was there was so much great stuff that they showed. I really think my favorite thing was the uh, animation presentation that was hosted by John Lasseter. This was on Friday morning, so the first day of the expo in the uh, D23 arena, which is just the basically it's just the arena at the Anaheim Convention Center. But uh, it was it was it it went for about four hours long. And about three hours were absolutely incredible. There was an hour in the middle, which I can talk about briefly, which you know wasn't my favorite. No big, no big deal. But the stuff they showed us from Pixar Animation Studios and from Walt Disney Animation Studios was tremendous. The probably my next favorite thing was the uh, the Walt Disney Imagineering Pavilion on the floor, uh, which doesn't necessarily have to do with animation, but. But they did, they did a great job. There was just a lot of really neat things to see if you're a Disney fan. Very cool. What was the, the coolest bit of swag that you got? You know, uh, that's, a, that's, a, that's a good question. Uh, I think the thing I was happiest about was getting, getting uh, autographs from, from the directors of, of these animated films. And uh, I tried to you know, snag those for you, too. I just have to, you know, you'd have to wait in line, and they were 
really monitoring the line as far as who you know got they, in line. They, yeah, they 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 cap it, and they, they were very sensitive about these people's time, which makes sense. But but and they also had a, had a, had a schedule, you know, to right. to keep because they always had stuff going on at the animation pavilion. But uh, I think that yeah, that was my I think that was my favorite swag. Yeah, some sure. of the, some of the pictures that you sent me were cool too. Like Brad Bird was there. Yes. Uh, John Cars uh, was there. Pedro Hera, uh, John Musker, and Ron Clements were there. Uh, and then you got to meet uh, all the directors of what, Zootopia. Zootopia, Frozen, Frozen uh, and and Big Hero Six. And Big Hero Six. And you got to yeah. see like some footage from well, not footage, but you got you're saying that you, that the, the Pixar stuff you got to see. Here, here's what we'll talk about the the Party Central. You got to see Party Central because apparently they're going to be showing that in front of the Good Dinosaur next year now instead of having it on the Blu-ray because that's how much they liked that short. Yeah, Mark, that's just one of you know one of the millions of times I wish I could have beamed you over uh, to the expo. So they showed they showed the crowd there in this in this uh, animation presentation. The uh, it was the first public screening of. Party Central, it's called, and it's set in the world of Monsters University. So it's just a, it's a short film, and it's it just tells the story of how uh, our favorite Uzma Kappa brothers, fraternity brothers, uh, they're feeling a little depressed because they they want to have a really epic party, and they figure out a way to do it. And that's all I'm going to say. And it's it is hilarious, and I think you're 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 going to love it. It's it. And John Laster told us that it's going to be in front of the Good Dinosaur next next summer. So awesome, hilarious. Timeline wise, where does it happen? Does it happen during the movie, or is it? Yeah, it's during. After? It would be during the movie. No, it would be it would be sometime during the movie when uh, you know my, Mike and Sully are, are. I think probably just like almost during the scare games. Okay. So I was trying to figure out. Exactly when it took place. Yeah, yeah. Sometime, sometime while they're, you know, spoiler alert, still in school, yeah. and they're set. It's set when they're fraternity brothers in the Uzma Kappa house, and it's 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 really fun. I think you're gonna I think you're gonna love it. I can't wait to talk with you about it awesome. when you get to see it. I think it'll be pretty pretty cool for Austin Madison too because that was the first thing he worked on now as a story artist since he was moved up to that, and. The second thing he was working on as a story artist was the good dinosaur, so he'll have the the first two things he kind of worked on as that coming out together now. I know that great. Yeah, that'll be pretty pretty nice for Austin. Pretty happy for him. Uh, and you also got to see the first ten minutes of Toy Story of Terror too. Yes, the uh, upcoming Halloween special, which will be on ABC on October sixteenth. They 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 showed for us the first ten minutes and. It it also just looks hilarious. It's it's Mr. They're 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 watching a scary movie and Mr. Pricklepants is there, of course, and he knows everything and what's going to happen and, and he's going all through all the construct of what happened, what's supposed to happen in a in a horror movie, and then stuff starts happening, and and uh, again don't don't want to give anything away, but but it it, it looks like it's just high quality uh 
so fun to see. Always fun to see the Toy Story characters and Very can't cool. wait to see how it ends. <laughs> nope. They left us a real oh, yeah. at a real cliffhanger moment. I hope that gets a its own Blu-ray release too. I hope so too. Maybe uh pair it with like all like I know that some of the Toy Story tunes were uh actually all of the Toy Story tunes have been released in some form or another on Blu-ray by this point. Because Party Star Instructs was on that reissue of the Monsters Inc. Uh, Blu-ray, but uh, yeah, because I, I definitely like to, to to own that. Uh, is that a half an hour special? Yeah, TV? so it'll be twenty-two minutes. So basically, you have to see half of it. So yeah, we saw we saw the first half of it just as it was really starting to get. Nice. You know, the action was starting to happen. Uh, okay. Oh, go ahead. No, please, after you. I was, I was just gonna say, and then. Uh, they introduced the the cast or announced the cast, I guess, for uh, Inside Out. Yes. So who's going to be in that? So, the you know the premise of Inside Out is that we're we're going inside the the mind of of a, of a teenage girl, and the the mind is is uh, you know tr- which triggers her behaviors is, is is emotions, and so they've picked five primary emotions that are actual characters and on our site uh on my you know on, the, on that pixar article that i wrote you've put some some artwork so so p- you, people can see what what these what these characters look like but uh there's anger who's voiced by lewis black which that's perfect casting which is it is it's, it's a terrific casting all these the are char- perfect casting and the characters don't they look great too yeah. uh uh disgust Who's voiced by Mindy Kelly? <laughs> I'm assuming we'll just be doing Kelly Kapoor from. I know that's just, she's just going to be Kelly. <laughs> Fear, voiced by Bill Hader, and Bill Hader was there oh, yeah. at the at the expo too. He he, he was great. Pixar's new lucky charm. Yes, uh, or so we'll, he wants to yeah. be. <laughs> yeah, we'll get we'll get into that. Uh, Joy, voiced by Amy Poehler, aka and, she'll she'll be uh, more or less Leslie Nope. Yep, and sadness voiced by Phyllis Smith, who's Phyllis from The Office. Which she'll be playing Phyllis from The Office. Yeah, she'll be playing right. That's all, all these that, characters. Yeah, that's all I could imagine for for each of those. Like when they they said them so. that we love. They they showed the only they didn't show us any completed animation from Inside Out, but they they showed some character studies, and the characters, given that they're you know in the mind. They're made up of, of of particles, and so I'll I'll be you know you see it if you if you see the pictures they're the picture that they're they're fully drawn characters, but it's it's neat to see up close and how they've got kind of floating particles. I think the artwork's really going to be neat. John Laster told the crowd there that this is one of the most unique films he's at, he's ever been you know part of the production of. He said it's just going to be a very Wonderful and unique experience. I'm looking forward to, to see this film. Oh yeah, it's going to be great. The, do you know if the the character Riley, the little girl that their the emotions are in, if if the, she's going to have a voice in the film or if it's just going to? She be... does have a voice because and and they didn't say who the actors were. They showed us a story reel of a scene where Riley is having an argument with her parents, and. It was hilarious because so 
you know, they had the voices going on for each of the parents, and I and I would just assume the voices were all just Pixar animators. Oh yeah, scratch at point, voices. You know, just doing they were just doing the scratch voices, but uh, they also in this clip we they, we went into the minds of both her Riley's mom and dad, who also have their own individual team of emotions that are different, and and we don't necessarily know where they were, but it, but. So we it was it was fascinating. So they had you know you had the humans the human conversation, and then you went and assigned to each three of their minds, and, nice. and see what was triggering the response that they were going to give. And again, even just on a story reel, it was riveting and 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 funny. It was just you know it's hilarious because you know nobody really captured as I, I mean picture picture Pixar captures human emotions so well in an animated form. And they and they, they did this in such a fun and humorous way and such a clever way. Just, I can't wait to see it. Uh, 2015. Yeah. Uh, going from there, next year's release, The the Good Dinosaur, they announced the cast for that. Yes, which was really cool that they, that, and they, and they talked about, you know, we, we got to see some clips and they talked some about the plot. Nice. But the, uh, it's it's a dinosaur family who are the main characters. Mom and dad are John Lithgow and Francis McDormand. Nice. And then we've got then a trio of siblings. So they're just you know the, the big brother is played by Bill Hader. <laughs> Again. And then uh, yeah, who also did the voice of uh, the slug in of Monsters the slug in Monsters University, which is so great. <laughs> they showed that by the way to introduce Bill. That was fun. About the kind of the you know the, the first time and then the last time we see him. In case people hadn't stayed through the credits, uh, and then and that's another thing. Yeah, you know, watch the credits right when Monsters University comes out on a DVD. If you haven't seen that gag, it's funny. Judy Greer plays nice. the sister, and then Lucas Neff, who uh, Hope. he's on Raising Hope. Yeah, I was excited when I heard about that. I was like, oh, that's cool. Like, because I really like like his character. Of Jimmy on on Raising Hope, and I'm glad that he's getting to do this movie because it'll help to raise his profile a bit and maybe get him able to do some other things as well. And Lucas was there, nice. so he 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 came on stage with uh, co-director Peter Sohn, uh, who who was there, and then Denise Reem, who's the producer. The uh, other producer or the other director of the Good Dinosaur. Which is Bob Peterson. He was not in attendance. Hmm. But but uh, Peter Sohn, you might recall, he's the voice of Squishy, Squishy, and also the voice of Emil yeah. from from Ratatouille. And he's he's the he's the person who they based the character of Russell oh, yeah. off of for for because he looks like Russell <laughs> <laughs> from Up. Uh, but th- that was that was great. The uh, the the footage they showed of the good dinosaur was breath was breathtaking. I, I can't wait I, to I can't see wait. a trailer for that. Yeah, I can't wait for you to see it too. It, it 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 looks great. They they showed us lots of images of the dinosaurs and and then the dinosaur names. And I got to tell you, I am so lousy with these dinosaur names. I tried to take notes, you know, because we can. Have, I was so I was just writing these notes furiously, and I didn't get. I don't think I got any of the dinosaur names right. But you can see, a, uh, you know, they've got some art which which uh, you've put on our site, so you at least can kind of kind of get an idea. So they they 
the dinosaur designs think, all have. I think a, they're uh, Cliff, Forest, and I don't remember. Of course, I don't remember Lucas Neff's character's name. But then his his, his Arlo. Arlo, there, his yeah, name. there you go, Arlo. But yeah, like you can see, like they're all kind of you know related to nature and whatnot. Yeah. So. So anyway, can't wait. Looks great. And then uh, finding Dory, they announced a few of the cast members for that. Yeah. Measuring. So. Andrew Stanton was was in attendance at the expo, and he came out with the producer of the film, which is Lindsay Collins, and he gave us a little bit of plot information, nothing about the ending, <laughs> but but he told us uh, that this this movie takes place a year after uh, the end of Finding Nemo, and Dory is living happily with Marlon and Nemo. And then something happens to Dory, some kind of event happens, and she starts wondering about her own family or maybe having a memory that she had a family, and and she wants to return to them. So that's 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 the premise of the film. Her mom and dad are voiced by Diane Keaton and Eugene Levy, which is awesome, which is fantastic. And then he, he they introduced a new character, which is a beluga whale. And they just briefly showed. Actually, I'm not sure they even showed any art. I think they just showed a picture of a, you know, a photograph of a beluga whale, <laughs> uh, who's voiced by Ty Burrell, aka from, Phil Dunphy, Phil Dunphy from Modern Family. Yeah. So uh, looks cool. Very cool. Yeah. Uh, and then briefly, uh, they talked about Zootopia. Yeah. So then we uh, they. Pixar, Pixar took like the first, you know, kind of hour and a half. And then actually even before that, Bob Iger came out and met, said some stuff, said hello to everybody. And then they got on with the animation stuff. There was a little, the middle part, which went about an hour, which is, which is 50 minutes too long in my book. But <laughs> they, they went over the Disney Toon Studio slate, new Tinkerbell movies and, and uh, a new Planes movie. Who, uh, Which you can read about. Yeah, Julie Bowen's going to be in Planes too. Yeah, and Tom Hiddleston is going to be Captain Hook. Captain and, Hook, so. who's who? Yeah, spoiler alert. Well, yeah, because you don't know, you don't find out he's Captain Hook until later in the film. But well, yeah, well, Tom Hiddleston said it that he was. Yeah, so. I know absolutely. I mean, they were totally open about it, but they're like, we've got a spoiler for you. Yeah. And he's seeing the, the bare necessities too. Yeah, which was really fun. That's that saved that segment of the presentation. So then we got a we got a great look at the at the new stuff coming up from, from Walt Disney Animation Studios, Zootopia, which is they which is the new film that they announced. We had you know we've seen rumors about it and we've reported some stuff on on the site about it, but it's directed by Byron Howard, who is the co-director of Tangled. And it looks to be like a total blast. Byron Howard loved growing up. One of his favorite movies was was Disney's uh, Robin Hood from nice. from 1972. He loved he loved animated characters that so these anthropomorphic animated characters that wore that wore clothes. Part of the animal and and that yeah that just. But, and no humans were, you know, or in or in the world, so he uh, he wanted to create a a movie about it, and he he gets to so so they're they're calling it Zootopia. They showed us 
some some concept art and went through some of the some of the different uh, animal animal worlds. So the the animals uh, live in in different places in Zootopia. There's a place called Tundra Town. There's a there's a rainforest. There's then there's a big area. I think the big city is is all. Uh, I'm trying to see if I if I wrote down the name of it, but it's where all the bunnies live, <laughs> and and they have big apartment buildings, you know, because the bunnies are busy right. uh, uh, <laughs> reproducing it. So anyway, I think I think it's gonna have a lot of great sight gags, and and they gave us a little clip, and I was able to get meet him during the expo. Cool. And and I was so happy that we could get an autograph. And he was very nice, and they're really excited about their movie, as they should be. It looks fun. Yeah, and you guys can see the concept art for that on our site, too. Uh, and, and that's the film that's been rumored to have Jason Bateman as the main character. Right. Here, right? So the main character is a fox, and, and you can get – they show that in the concept art. At least you can see there's, like, the fox standing with all the bunnies. Yeah. And But they didn't talk about any any voice cast at all. They're still pretty far out. What is that? Twenty sixteen mark? Is that yeah. right? So, right. the uh, then we got to see stuff from Big Hero Six. Nice. And director Don Hall was there, and he showed us a, a sizzle reel that they had put together, which had a lot of character designs, and, as well as just just to give an overall feel. So, you, I'm sure you all you all know this, but Big Hero Six is based on a really obscure underground and comic book that didn't have very many uh issues done of it have you ever seen one mark of, of big hero six I, i've seen pictures of them. yeah i've never seen like an actual uh, likewise issue so it given that it was so obscure not that they're going to completely go away from you know the source material but it Don Hall talked about he really wanted to find a, a comic book property that because he he just loves comic books so much. There was something that would really work in for a Disney aesthetic, but something too that they. It wasn't like they were taking someone something so well known that they couldn't take any liberty with it, right? And and uh, so they created this the city called San Francisco, which is this hybrid of San Francisco and Tokyo, and. Uh, it looks it looks great. You you might have seen that there was a thirty second clip that's been online. I think we we put a link yeah, with the, the, that too. The trolley, yeah, that with the trolley that that shows what the city's going to look like. I I got to meet Don Hall also at cool. the at the animation booth and again really really friendly nice guy and just said that you know of course they they can't say much but just said that they've got a lot of work ahead of them this is going to he said that they're going to be using every tool in the toolkit that they've got you know to to create this 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 film and they're they're they couldn't be more excited but they know that they've got a lot of work ahead of them the film opens November 7th 2014 very cool and you guys can see all the i mean the concept art for that on the site too yes and uh, the last thing that they showed for disney was was frozen uh well some stuff from Frozen, Josh Gad, Kristen Bell, and came out, and then uh, Adina Menzel came out, and apparently saying, uh, "Let it go." She did, and that was how they ended the presentation, and it was it was a, it was a good way to do it. It was apparently fun. It snowed to... too, right? Oh yeah, and they had they had snow effects, and 
which was just you know confetti. But <laughs> but uh, then they but they were playing. You know, Idina Menzel is gorgeous, but I, it was hard to know what to look at her or the. They had this giant screen, you know, that was playing all these images from the film too, that were new. You know, the, the stuff that that I hadn't seen before either. So there was there was lots to lots to look at. They also showed a clip. Uh, you know, Josh Gad is plays Olaf. The, uh, Olaf the snowman, and they showed a clip of a of a song where. For some reason, he he thinks that summer is his favorite season, <laughs> so he sings this song about about how much he he longs for summer and this this eternal winter that they're stuck in. And it's funny, I mean, you know, it, it's very funny. The composers, Bobby Lee and or Bobby Lee, Bobby <laughs> Lopez, <laughs> Bobby Lopez and his wife Kristen Anderson Lopez, they were in the audience. They didn't come up on stage, but they had them stand up. So it was fun that they were there. I, I think the reason that Bobby Lopez was there is because he wanted to go to the Alan Menken Richard Sherman oh, concert. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's what he said. Which I've heard that was awesome too. Yeah, yeah, amazing stuff. So the other the other thing I wanted to mention though, as we're wrapping up this animation uh, discussion, is that we also got to see Get a Horse, which oh, yeah. is the new Mickey Mouse short that. Uh, I guess never before seen, and we'll we'll leave it at that. But they 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 screened it there, and it's going to be playing in front of Frozen, and and I can't wait to talk with you more about it. It's yeah. it's it's really fun. I'm looking forward to seeing that too. Yeah, absolutely. I think you'll love it. All right, sir. Well, I'm very glad that you were able to attend the D23 Expo and check out all that stuff for us this year well thanks mark for making it possible and thanks thanks for uh you know for all your all your help with it it was it was really it was really a blast i i, I think you're gonna love the one in 2015 i uh, hope i get to go to that one fingers crossed yes concludes part one of our d23 expo special uh we're going to be coming back with our part two which will be me talking with the the girls from media fondue uh courtney and jenny so stay tuned for that if this is the past then you have to wait until a few days from now for that to be available but if you're listening to this in the future you can go ahead and play that right now if you want to but thanks again for listening and it, you can always find us on Twitter at Animated Podcast. You can find us on Facebook at Animation Fascination. And you can find us online at animationfascination.wordpress.com. Thanks, guys. Stay tuned.
make sure the Q mark. No Sorry, I was trying. <laughs> I used to have that that app last year when the Dark Knight Rises came out, where like you could take a picture and it looked like you had the Batman call on. I was trying to see if I still had that because I was going to try to upload a picture of Ben Affleck to it to see what it would look like. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, I I, I don't have any problems with it. I think you'll be fine. Yeah. But that's it's been funny. Kevin Smith has to be freaking out though. <laughs> I know. I loved your comment. <laughs> oh, yeah. Kevin Smith just pooped his pants. Yeah, that was fantastic. Wait, I have to know what a future episode of Fat Man on Batman is going to be now. <laughs> True.